0: Hello, I'm Ben Steiner and you're listening to the latest episode of The Echo presented by The Creed. Today we've got a number of presenters on the show and we'll talk about the upcoming federal election as well as a bit of school culture. So anyways, let's get to it and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, it's Brian from The Creed, and today I'll be talking about skate culture at St. George's. It's the show where we're debating about skating. Uh, It's a sad reality, but people have started realizing that uh, the popularity of skateboarding is decreasing. An online survey actually discovered that uh, fewer and fewer people are looking to purchase skateboards. And although the numbers aren't exact, uh, the number of skateboards dropped approximately 50% over the past few years. Furthermore, even skateboarding companies such as Zoomies are facing closures. Skate culture is almost non existent at St. George's, and I've began to notice this during my time here. Especially during this time of year when the weather is really nice, it's the perfect time to skate. But why aren't we seeing more skaters as Saints? Is it because there's a certain stigma for skaters and how they should act or be? And how can we address this issue? Because it has reached a point where skate culture is almost non-existent at St. George's. These are just a couple key points I will be addressing in today's episode. So personally, I love to skate during the weekend when I have free time. Um I usually use my board to as as transportation uh, around the city. Um I like to go out with a group of friends, but it's really difficult to find people to skate with, especially at St. George's. Um whenever I ask people, uh, would you like to go skate with me? Uh, do you know how to? They always answer no and I don't want to skate. And I've always been confused why they have this stigma around skaters. And I've actually talked to a couple of my friends and asked them, uh, what do you prefer to do in your free time then? And they, most of them, most not if all, answered with uh, gaming and just gaming and playing sports, not even looking, not even anywhere close to skating. So I decided to dig a little deeper and I actually conducted an interview with my friend, um, asking him about his childhood. And I asked him if he has changed and how he has changed. What are the changes that he went, went through as a kid? And he responded with, uh, with this, as a child, I had tons of free time. I enjoyed the little things in life. I loved riding my bike around the neighborhood. I loved playing with my friends, playing soccer. But as I started to get older, I felt the responsibility to perform well at school and look posh, look better in front of those who were watching me. So I understood where he was coming from because once again, he was a Saint George's boy. He was a private school boy, so he felt like it was wrong for him to skate, like it does. He doesn't belong on a board, and this made me really upset. This made me feel bad for him because it was sad that there's this type of stigma around skaters. So he actually helped me understand uh, why there is little to none. No skate culture at Saints. What I have been doing most recently is teaching my friends how to skate Uh, because I have multiple boards, teaching my friends how to skate and taking them to places such as Kids Beach or the Arbutus Greenway uh, where there are nice flat roads with no cracks. Teaching them how to skate and teaching them how to have fun once again And not just focusing on studying and getting good grades, even though that is very important. So I hope that helped you better understand skating and skate culture at St. George's. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
1: Hello, I'm Derek Wu from The Creed, and I'm joined by Matthew Chen, also from The Creed, and today we'll be easing into elections with The Echo, covering the 2019 federal election here in Canada. We're going to go to Matthew now, first to discuss the most recent polls for the election.
2: Well Derek, looking through the most recent poll data, which was updated on April 30th, we see that Conservatives have grown to a 36.4% of the popular vote, continuing their steady support amidst the Liberal struggles. The Liberals at 31.1% are hovering around the 30% mark as their support continues to decrease in the aftermath of the SNC-Lavalin affair. The NDP at 15.4% under Jagmeet Singh have failed to make any meaningful breakthrough, struggling to make up the support the party once had under Jack Layton and Tom Mulcair. The Greens are at 8.7%, the Bloc Quebecois are at 4.6% federally, however at 20% in Quebec. The People's Party at 2.1% and The Other at 1.7%. The polls have also shown that there is a 35% chance of conservative majority, 31% chance of conservative minority, 22% chance of liberal minority, and 12% chance of liberal liberal majority. So Derek, what are the months ahead looking like for the Conservatives?
1: Well, the past few months have actually been pretty successful for the Conservatives. They had victories in various provincial elections, Ontario, New Brunswick, Alberta, Prince Edward Island. And they've also seen the rise of various outspoken and loud leaders across the country, most notably Alberta's Jason Kenney and Ontario's Doug Ford. Ford has pushed controversial policies and has attempted multiple times to block the carbon tax. And Kenney himself has called for harsh measures to force the Trans Mountain Pipeline, including turn off the taps legislation. The main conservative push is largely based around the carbon tax, especially in British Columbia, This tax has deeply impacted gas prices, with gas prices hitting record highs. Conservatives have also been emphasizing foreign policy, most notably the trade conflict with China, and criticizing Trudeau's handling of the case. Another point of contention is the conservative climate plan, which Shear said he will release soon, but other parties continue to criticize, claiming that the party is unclear on climate change. So I'm going to bring this back to you, Matthew. How have the Liberals brought themselves to this difficult situation?
2: Well, recently, the Liberal polls fell drastically in the aftermath of the SNC-Lavalin affair with the resignation and expulsion of Cabinet Ministers Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Pilbaugh. Along with that, Trudeau has also been accused of attempting to influence Wilson-Raybould to manipulate SNC-Lavalin prosecution and has led to four resignations over the first three months of 2019. Justin Trudeau has also received a 56.1% disapproval rate, which is higher than US President Donald Trump, who has a 53% disapproval rate. Recently, Trudeau has also been receiving criticism over handling of the trade conflict with China and the Huawei scandal, as well as handling the flooding in Eastern Canada. Trudeau and his Liberal Party are also currently projected to lose seats in Western Canada, Ontario, and the Atlantic, while continuing to maintain their strong lead in Quebec. Looking towards Quebec, Derek, where Liberal support is at its highest, What sort of circumstances have made this possible?
1: Well, Liberals have largely benefited on the struggles of the NDP and the Bloc. The NDP has struggled in polls, often hovering around 15% in polls over the recent few months. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh suffers from the fact that, frankly, he's not very well-known in public. He's also struggled with political gaffes, on one instance, having to check with his party caucus regarding the party's policy on gun control. The Bloc Québécois, under new leader Yves-Francois Blanchet, Has actually seen a small increase in polls, reaching nearly 20% in Quebec, after struggling in early polls and dealing with internal party strife, with leadership struggles under Martin Wallet and a caucus split. The Greens have seen encouraging advances, especially in BC, where they're projected to win around three seats, and also the election of the first Green Party opposition in Prince Edward Island. Additionally, Green Party leader Elizabeth May remains one of the most popular party leaders in Canada. So, Matthew even though it is still a number of months away, what do you think party leaders should really be considering?
2: Currently, for Trudeau, the situation looks pretty bad, especially with decreasing poll numbers six months prior to the election. According to CBC, on average, prime ministers who met defeat at the ballot box trailed in the polls by a margin of three points at the six-month mark. Those parties that went on to re-election with their majority government enjoyed an average lead of 12 points at the six-month mark. This should be very concerning to Trudeau and his Liberals, as 82% of Canadians are living in provinces currently governed by con- conservative center right to right wing political parties. For sheer, he should personally get out of the conservative shadow of Jason Kenney and Doug Ford and continue to find ways to advance on the struggles of the Trudeau Liberals.
1: Well, we can also note the rise of new, unorthodox, anti establishment parties across the country. These include the People's Alliance in New Brunswick, the CAQ of Premier Francois Legault in Quebec and also the Green Party's advances in Prince Edward Island. There have also been many concerns over foreign interference, with many in the security and intelligence fields warning of similar efforts to influence the 2019 Canadian election. This is most similar to foreign interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, most infamously involving Russia and the election of U.S. President Donald Trump. Well, thank you for your time, Matthew. This is all the time we have for today. This has been Matthew Chen and Derek Wu for The Creed and The Echo.